1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part three of the series. Given that Abraham is a type of the bride of Yeshua and his life example is a blueprint of the spiritual journey of the bride next we're going to see that after Abraham was declared righteous through his faith in Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 Abraham grew in spiritual maturity by following the Torah we can see this in Genesis chapter 26 verse 5 as it is written because Abraham obeyed my voice kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my torah the bride of yeshua loves him and his torah with all her heart in psalm 119 verse 34 it is written give me understanding and i will keep your torah yes i shall observe it with my whole heart keeping the Torah with your whole heart is linked with obeying the greatest commandment which Yeshua explained in Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 after he was asked what is the greatest commandment in the Torah he replied by saying you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind in Yeshua we are called to be spiritually mature in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 13 it is written you shall be perfect tamim with the lord your god in psalm 18 verse 25 it is written with the merciful you will show yourself merciful and with the upright or the tamim person you will show yourself to be spiritually mature unto them or as it's translated here in psalm 18 verse 25 upright so given that the bride of yeshua is called to love him follow his Torah, and grow to spiritual maturity, and that we see that the Hebrew word tamim means without blemish, without fault. Paul is making a reference to this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, as it is written, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And then Paul further explains in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 that the bride of Yeshua will be holy and without blemish. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27, it is written that he might present it, he's ultimately referring to Yeshua's bride, to be a glorious people, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it or she should be holy and without blemish. So what is the process in growing? and walking in spiritual maturity. It begins by having faith or trust in God and believing his promises. So let's see this being played out in Abraham's life as his life and his calling is given to us as instruction or a blueprint regarding the spiritual walk or journey of Yeshua's bride. In Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 it is written, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. So from this we We can see that Abram is being called to leave that which he knows and that which he feels comfortable, represented by his country, his kindred, and his father's house. It also represents that which is known to him. So Abram is called to leave that which is known to him. And what is known to you, there's a sense of being comfortable with it. And now he's told to leave and to go someplace he's never been to that which is unknown. So what's the purpose of this instruction? It's a test to see if Abram is willing to have faith and trust in God's instruction and in his calling. But in order to encourage Abram in the walk and in the journey, the God of Israel makes him a promise that will be the outcome of his faith, trust, and obedience unto the God of Israel. We find that promise in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 as it is written and i will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing next not only can we see the principle from genesis chapter twelve verse one that he is being called out of what is known and thus he would be familiar or comfortable with The actual literal physical place where Abram was called out of is Ur of the Chaldees or Babylon and from this we can see another principle regarding the bride of Yeshua is she's called out of the world and the world's system. We can see how the bride of Yeshua is called out of Babylon as Babylon represents the world and the mixing in the world of good and evil as Babylon comes from the Hebrew word babel, which means to mix. In Zechariah chapter 2, verse 7, it is written, Deliver yourself, O Zion, a term for the bride of Yeshua, that dwells with the daughter of Babylon. We can see how the bride of Yeshua is called out of Babylon in Revelation, chapter 18, verse 2 and verse 4, as it is written, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. So, after the God of Israel made Abraham a promise in Genesis chapter 12, in order to anchor his mind throughout the journey, the God of Israel is going to give Abraham further information regarding his promise to bless him. And in this, Abraham is going to be promised a son that comes forth out of his own bowels. In Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 and verse 4 it is written, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing that I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of of Damascus, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. And then, in order to amplify the promise that's being given to Abraham, that he's going to have a son, and thus many descendants from this son, the God of Israel goes on and says to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, And he brought him forth abroad and said, said, Look now toward heaven, and tell or count or number the stars, if you be able to number or count them. And he said, So shall your seed be. And so, even though at this time Abraham did not yet have a son, he nevertheless believed the promise of the God of Israel. And as a result, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it is written, And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, or he believed his promise. And his faith or trust in the promise of God is counted unto him for righteousness. And the Hebrew word that was translated as believed in Genesis chapter chapter 15, verse 6, is the Hebrew word aman, which is the root of the Hebrew word emunah, which is often translated as faith which is trust in the God of Israel. We can see, referring back to Genesis chapter 15, that Paul explained in Romans chapter 4 verses 1 through 3, how Abraham's faith or his trust that the promises that the God of Israel made to him would be fulfilled, and that this faith or trust was counted unto Abraham for righteousness, Paul explains by saying, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, has found as pertaining to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified through his own behavior, independent of trust in the God of Israel, it would be based upon his merit. And as Paul explained, that Abraham would have a glory unto himself, yet not unto God. But what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and his faith or trust in the promises of God was counted unto him for righteousness. The promises of God are based upon having a covenant relationship with him because we can see as this promise was made to Abraham it was made and done through covenant. In Genesis chapter 15 verse 18 it is written, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, Unto your seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt under the great river the river Euphrates. So the covenant promises of the God of Israel are made sure Based upon his honor His integrity His faithfulness to keep his word And thus his oath We can see this in Genesis chapter 22 Verses 16 and 17 as it is written And said by myself I have sworn or made an oath Says the Lord for because you've done This thing and this is referring to Abraham willing to trust The God of Israel and this takes Place in Genesis chapter 22 After Isaac was born Wherein Abraham was asked to offer Isaac as a burnt offering upon the altar because of Abraham's willingness to obey. Even though he didn't know the details regarding how the God of Israel was going to work things out, the God of Israel confirmed his promises that he made to him in doing so for it goes on to say in genesis chapter 22 verse 17 that in blessing i will bless you and in multiplying i will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and so through covenant being confirmed by the promise or the integrity of the word of the god of israel made through his oath This is what the writer of Hebrews was trying to explain regarding these events from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 and 14 and verse 16, as it is written. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them the end of all strife, or the end of all debate bait or it's the end of all doubt whether the promise is going to be kept so we see then through abraham's life and calling that the bride of yeshua is called out of the mixture of the world and its ways she's called to put her faith trust and confidence in him and in his promises and he is going to have a covenant relationship with her and he's going to regard her faith and trust in his promises as righteousness the application of this is through belief in Yeshua as the Messiah and through his shed blood when he died on the tree wherein she would put her faith, trust, and confidence in him being her Savior and Lord. And as a result, her salvation is by and through his grace when she trusts and believes in him. And this is the blueprint for all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. As Paul explains In Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith. That it might be by grace to the end, that the promise might be sure to all the seed, to those who exemplify the same faith as Abraham, who is the Father of us all. Paul explained that those who believe the promises of the God of Israel through faith, trust, and confidence in Him are the true seed of Abraham. In Romans chapter 9, verses 7 through 9, it is written, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham, physically are they regarded as being the true offspring or the true children but in isaac who represents believing the promises shall your seed be called that is they which are the children of the flesh just because they are children of the flesh does not mean that everyone who is physically descended of abraham exemplifies the same faith as abraham so those who do not exemplify the same faith as abraham meaning they put their faith trust and confidence in the god of israel and believe his promises those who don't believe and trust they aren't the true children of abraham but as Isaac, it's the children who believe the promises. They are the true seed of Abraham, meaning they exemplify the same spiritual characteristics as Abraham. For Paul goes on to explain in Romans 9, 9, for this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. In Yeshua, when we trust and believe his promises made to us, we are heirs of his covenant promises. We can see this in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17, as it is written, wherein God, willing more abundantly, to show under the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, that means he keeps his word, confirmed it by an oath. So we can see that believers in Yeshua are heirs of his promises when we trust and believe in those promises through the covenant relationship relationship we have in him which comes by accepting him as our savior and lord from galatians chapter 3 verse 29 as it is written and if you be messiahs if you believe that yeshua is the messiah and making savior and lord of your life then are you abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise so let's summarize this part of the teaching as in yeshua creating the world because he desires to have a bride abraham is going to be A spiritual picture or blueprint for us regarding the spiritual characteristics of Yeshua's bride. So, number one, Abraham's life and calling is a spiritual picture of the walk of the bride of Yeshua. Number two, the bride of Yeshua is called out of the mixed ways of the world, that is, of the world, its values, and its system. Number three, Yeshua has a covenant relationship with his bride. Of course, this would be a Expressed as a marriage relationship. Number four, the bride of Yeshua must believe the covenant promises that Yeshua makes to her. The primary promise is his promise of salvation unto her. Number five, the bride of Yeshua must be willing to obey and trust him with all her heart. And finally, number six, the bride of Yeshua ultimately, in completing her walk in him, will be spiritually mature, which means whole complete and without blemish so why did Yeshua call Abraham out of Ur the Chaldees to go to a land that he had never seen it is because without faith or trust in the God of Israel and in his promises it is impossible to please him we see this from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 as it is written but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarded water of them that diligently seek him so how do we have faith or trust in the god of israel trust comes from having a relationship with someone so this is how faith comes by hearing and trusting in the promises of god in romans chapter 10 verse 17 it is written so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so in the torah anthology to the book of the 12 prophets volume 2 page 172 we can see from the Jewish understanding that the commandments of God are capsulized in having faith, trust, or confidence in him and his promises to keep his commandments so the torah anthology explains david summarized all the commandments into 11 categories the prophet isaiah came along and classified all the commandments into six categories the prophet micah broke it down into three categories but habakkuk stated that keeping all the commandments was based upon faith so, given the Jewish understanding that all the commandments are based upon faith, Paul quotes from Habakkuk in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, where he explains, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. So the Torah anthology in Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 is quoting or making a reference to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, where at the end of the verse it says, the just shall live by faith. And the Hebrew word faith is emunah, and it not only means faith or trust, but it means to be faithful, firm, and steadfast. Paul explained that the weak in faith believe their natural circumstances when it contradicts with the promises of God. In Romans chapter 4 verse 19 it is written, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. So the weak in faith considers your own body or your natural circumstances. Being now dead or the circumstances say one thing but the promises of God say another. And as it related to Abraham, he and Sarah were past childbearing age. So, Paul says of Abraham when he was about a hundred years of age, he wasn't weak in faith because he considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So, biblical faith and trust in believing the promises of God is doing so above, beyond, and over what your natural circumstances say to you when your natural circumstances contradict the promises of. God. So this is why it says in Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven, For we walk by faith, that is trusting in the promises of God, and not by sight, or our natural circumstances. Because the strong in faith trust and believe the God of Israel to fulfill his promises. So, Paul says in Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, regarding Abraham, that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. So, first we can see in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, that Abraham believed god and it was counted unto him for righteousness and after he was justified by his faith he expressed his faith and trust and confidence in the god of israel by obeying his torah we can see this in genesis chapter 26 verse 5 as it is written because abraham obeyed my voice kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my torah or my laws So, let's summarize this part of the teaching regarding the spiritual journey of the bride and how Abraham's life and calling is a spiritual picture of the spiritual walk of the bride of Yeshua. Number 1. It is impossible for the bride of Yeshua to please him without faith. Number two, faith is trusting and believing the covenant promises that Yeshua makes with his bride. Number three, faith is being steadfast and faithful. Number four, the weak in faith believe their natural circumstances over the promises of God. Number five, the strong in faith believe the promises of the God of Israel despite the reality of what their natural circumstances tell them. So we examine how the Bible tells us that our citizenship is in heaven. And we are put on this earth to be ambassadors of the eternal kingdom of God. We are servants of his kingdom and our calling is to do his will in our lives. Yeshua created the heavens and the earth wherein he would have a people who would be named Israel. And from Israel he would have a bride and Yeshua is wedded to this bride through following his Torah by his spirit. So we saw that Abraham's life and calling is a spiritual picture of the calling of the bride of Yeshua in the spiritual walk or journey that he's called her to take. The details of that journey is explained through the physical children of Israel who went to Egypt, was given the Torah at Mount Sinai, went through various trials and tests, and crossed the Jordan on their way to the Promised Land and their ultimate destination, Jerusalem, which is alternatively called Mount Zion. So stay with us as we are now going to begin the process to explain to you the spiritual meaning. Behind Pharaoh, Egypt, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, being redeemed at Passover through the blood of the Lamb, and then making their way to Jerusalem, which means the Lord sees peace. The Lord sees shalom. So stay with us as we continue this teaching. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.